Well, welcome everybody to the Blow Off Valve podcast, episode 21. Uh, this week, we are going to be mainly focused on uh, the uh, Formula One race in Azerbaijan and Baku. We also uh, went to kind of a fun little car get together yesterday morning um, that we'll touch on at the end of the show. As I mentioned this week, uh, Formula One was in uh, Azerbaijan at the Baku street course, which is a road course, kind of a city circuit similar to uh, you know Monaco in that regard, but unlike Monaco has some massive long straightaways that uh, yeah. uh, lend a lot of speed to the course. Qualifying was quite interesting. <laughs> you want to touch on that? Yeah, no, I think, um, I think it was kind of crazy how many people just put the car into the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that, was my, that was my reaction. I think yeah, obviously four you know, red flags in the session, which is a, <laughs> which tied, tied the record. <laughs> yeah you know and i think at least two of them or three of them happened at the same corner and so yeah i think part of the issue maybe in the qualifying was because it was so you know stop and go people mm-hmm. maybe the tires didn't get up to speed the track didn't evolve in the way they expected you know and but the expectation is that you're putting up better times every time you go around and so that combined with you know a narrow circuit and some little bit of traffic here and there can can make for some interesting qualifying right yeah and and that's exactly what happened it was this kind of weird stuttering kind of flow to the qualifying because of the red flags and you're right stroll and giovanazzi basically did the same exact thing i think it was turn three they locked that one of their front i think it's the front left and basically went into the wall um yeah and signs and who's the other one danny or wasn't yeah, it Ricardo? Yeah, I think we're. I think you're okay. right. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of accidents, and it's tough. in, you know, a circuit like Baku that has a lot of high speed straights, and then kind of a, a very tight technical sector two, uh, is, you know, there's not a lot of room for error. So when these guys are in qualifying, really trying to get 110 percent out of their car, you know, you you get accidents like this and there's no runoff, you know, it's not like a big one track. So if you make a mistake, you're hitting the wall. Like there's not, you you can't like go wide on turn onto a runoff area and then come back on, you know? And one of the things I I think I mentioned to you was, you know, obviously it, it seems like the Mercedes are not as competitive on these type of circuits. And so everybody's exactly, really pushing hard because they know here's our chance to That's you know important. rock yeah rock the boat a little and so i think some of the guys you know alonso made some comment where a lot of, a lot of people seem to him to be driving beyond their abilities and the abilities of the car on these circuits and mm-hmm. kind of wonder if it's because to some extent they feel like there's blood in the water with the mercedes and so yeah they, they they push it as much as they can to try to get a pole position because otherwise you know it's like the typical characters most weekends and so here's a chance to really shake it up and that right. might be one of the reasons why uh you know we saw some of the stuff we did in monaco and then here as well yeah i think you're totally i think you're totally spot on i think it, they know that this could be a race where maybe they don't win but maybe they get more points than they might otherwise because even if they don't have the fastest, most powerful car, they can maybe do something in the more technical 
parts of the course that yeah. make up yeah. for it. But uh, so after qualifying, uh, Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari was on pole. He he had a really good time, but there a lot of people thought there was going to be a faster qualifying time. But the uh, the session got red flagged early. Yeah, exactly. Ended early because of a red flag. So. So it started out with Charles Lewis Hamilton in second, Max in third, Pierre Gasly with a wonderful qualifying uh, run for AlphaTauri in fourth, tying his best ever qualifying. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Carlos Sainz in fifth, Sergio Perez in sixth, Yuki Sonoda, who did really, really well in qualifying uh, overall in seventh. And then some of the, you know, unexpected struggles for McLaren, who were, yep. you know, had a great podium in Monaco. They were... Um, Lando was down in ninth, and uh, Daniel Ricciardo was in thirteenth after qualifying. And also point out that Sebastian Vettel qualified eleventh, and that'll uh, kind of come into play in our discussion later. But overall, uh, kind of an in- really interesting, um, uh, you know, order for the drivers coming into the race. And and then the race was, yeah, you know, we were talking about. I think it was probably the best race this year. Just the drama. I think um, so yeah, there was high drama. <laughs> yeah, so you know, so look, it was pretty clear early on that the Ferraris did not have the pace, consistent pace. I guess. I mean, Leclerc qualified on pole, yeah. but then rapidly fell back and ended up finishing in fourth. Yeah. And Verstappen three or four laps. Yeah, Verstappen kind of comfortably got out to a lead and was really just cruising and. um and then about, gosh, what was it, around 25, 30 laps in, uh, Lance Stroll was on the main straight, and all of a oh, sudden... Oh, you know, actually, yeah. we should back up one sec, because I just remembered. So there was something very interesting that happened. Uh, well, at least I thought it was kind of interesting with um, that transition. I think, you know, Mercedes came into pit, mm-hmm. and um, Hamilton's sitting there, and I remember you and I were watching the race, and we're like, What's the deal? Like this is going, this is going on a while. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Is there another, you know, lug that on? Yeah, <laughs> that we can't get off. But yeah. it turned out it was just you know Pierre Gasly had also pit. Yeah, and so they so... couldn't send him back out. Right, and um, and so by the time you know uh, he got out, Hamilton got out. You know, his pit stop was like I don't remember what it was like four, four or five seconds. seconds. Yeah, it was like yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, <clears throat> Verstappen came in and had like a, a killer one point, pit stop. One point nine second pit stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the the really key thing too was when Hamilton came in and then got held up, waiting for Pierre to basically get far enough past him to be safely released back out in the pit lane. Um, in that time, Sergio Perez, the other Red Bull had jumped up to, I think he was in second at the time. So now he was in a position to defend from Lewis Hamilton, you know, kind of, if anything, hold him up uh, to protect Max. Yeah, because I remember, I do think that his pit stop went a little bit longer than you than typical and i i think i you know i thought to myself man he's gonna come out it was close and yeah and hamilton's gonna split them yeah but he somehow that he guy got, out. got yeah he was, got out in front of it <laughs> it was a great it was a great shot they had a shot where the pit exit is and there's a turn right before pit exit so sergio i think his pit stop was like a two four two six something like that he yeah. comes out 
And right as he's coming out, you see Lewis coming yeah. around the corner behind him. <laughs> I know. I'm and you're just thinking, please let the Red Bull oh. have enough pace to, to accelerate know, and keep around. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that so, was pretty awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, that was one really big story is, you know, a tough pit stop for Lewis, kind of just unlucky, yeah. really. <clears throat> and then really great pit stop uh, for Red Bull. Yeah. But I think tires ended up being the story of the, of the race in, in unexpected ways. It wasn't tire strategy in this case, but uh, unexpected tire failure. So uh, around lap 30 or so, Lance Stroll, who'd been having a decent race, I think he was in the points, uh, he is coming down the main straight, doing close to 200 miles an hour, and the left rear tire just Bows. explodes, essentially. Yeah. Uh, he loses lose control of it, hits the left wall near the pit entry, does an incredible mm-hmm. job of controlling the car so that it doesn't veer back out into yeah. the center of, of the straightaway traffic. Yeah. Because, you know, 200 miles People, an hour, if you know, yeah, they're ripping down happened. that thing. Yeah. So he did a, <clears throat> an amazing job of car control to keep that car off to the side. But what was interesting, you know, they yellow flagged, you know, they're behind safety car. And normally that's when all the drivers are trying to pit and change tires and all stuff. But because yeah. of where the accident occurred, you know, Stroll's car is sitting in pit entry. So no one can pit. Yeah, good point. And and so it took that advantage away from everybody. And so, you know, the race is going along. Max is pretty comfortably in the lead. Sergio is protecting him in second. Mm-hmm. And with, I don't know, maybe... Was it four? Yeah, it was like lap 48 or something. Yeah, 51. Coming down the main straight, Max's left rear tire, the same rear tire that went on Stroll, his tire went as well. Um, And there had been discussion about Stroll's tire, whether it was a tire failure or maybe he picked up some debris on track that caused a puncture. But the fact that both drivers had the same tire go and Mm. Red Bull said... In, in one of the communications that they had with the uh, race control with Mike Massey, uh, they said, we had nothing on our telemetry that, that gave us any warning the tire was going to go. It just, when it went, it was just all of a sudden. So yeah. that decision or that, that uh, report from Red Bull actually caused Massey to red flag the race, which meant all the cars had to come in and pit. They all changed tires because the concern mm-hmm. was, you know, these hard compound tires. Yeah. yeah, both tires were the hard compounds. One of, you know, Stroll was, was had quite a few laps on his, but but I think Max was still well within the operating range. Yeah, yeah. He, for his. I remember that number. He basically, they said he was on, like, they're supposed to be able to go 40 laps, and he was yeah. on lap 33. Yeah. You know, and so well, still well within spec. I mean, you, I can't remember, mm-hmm. like... I remember it was Silverstone last year or what, but they were, there was some, you know, tire adventures with the Mercedes and I think they were on the softs and they, or maybe the mediums. I don't remember what it was, but they pushed it like, you know, right. And yeah, both Mercedes had tire failures that day. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was kind of like surprising to see the hards go, um, yeah, you know, early, I guess. Yeah. That's a little bit concerning. I think for everybody. I think there's a lot of concern now with, you know, because they changed, supposedly Pirelli changed a few, they changed like the inflation, like 
by a one or two PSI and um, a few parameters for the tire. But yeah, they expected, they even supposedly said that they thought that their hard compounds could potentially go the entire race from start to finish if need be. So I don't know if they overestimated what the tire is capable of, but there's yeah. a lot of concern because the drivers, from what I heard, don't really like the Pirellis this season anyways. Pirelli made yeah. a change to make them heavier, which they said they had to do because of the amount of downforce these cars create. Um, sure. They had to strengthen them, which made them heavier. Uh, but there's a you know now there's a lot of concern going into the next race. Like Pirelli needs to figure out why these tires failed. They had a, a shot on the live feed of Stroll's car up on the flatbed, and they were looking at the yeah, tire. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it, it just looked like it's separated. Separated. Just yeah, literally. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, and like you were saying, we were talking about this a little bit during the race. You know, it's kind of a thankless job, really. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, then you get these scenarios like this and you kind of, like you said, it's great to be able to say, Hey, you know, we're the tire F1, but at the same time, situations like this aren't great <laughs> publicity. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, what I, what, what I said during the race was, you know, like it's great to be able to use in your advertised materials, like the official performance <laughs> tire of formula one. But when all your publicity related to F1 is drivers <laughs> bitching about the tires, tire know, failures right? like this that are unexplained. It's like, you know, it's not, you know, not a good look yeah, for Pirelli. Then, you know, I mean, it kind of makes you, I don't know the details of this. And I think you kind of alluded to them, but I, I wonder to myself, you know, is Pirelli, you know, what's, what, it, what what's in this for them? You know, do they get some kickback from the, f1 or do they actually have to pay to do this because if you're a manufacturer you got to look at this at the end of the year and wonder like is this is this hassle and this amount of money worth Worth it it. for us you know totally yeah i think it's tough so uh yeah so the tire failure i think is going to be the story going forward but so max has this tire fail he goes into the right side of the wall he's okay Mm -hmm. race is red flagged for about 30 25 30 minutes they yeah. decide that they're instead of starting by the safety car, they decide they're going to do a standing start. So and now you've got Checo Perez is um, in the lead, lead Hamilton yep. second, and Vettel, and Vettel third. Yeah, Vettel third. we haven't yeah. touched on had a phenomenal right. race. Was yeah. really hustling that Aston around. Uh, had worked his way up from eighth to like fifth or fourth, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, was in in uh in third by the time uh uh by the time the race was stopped so yeah uh, pierre gasly so, must have been behind him at, at gasly point, yeah gasly was in fourth uh and claire was in fifth so okay uh so they um they line up so if, and, yeah so one of the, one of the things leading up to this was that i thought was interesting and i don't actually know if it plays a role but there was some chatter about it that i thought oh, that's kind of interesting so, uh, you know, normally at the start, they just kind of let them rip around the circuit, do what they mm-hmm. want at the pace they want, but they were the behind a safety car, right? you know, the yeah. whole time. And so by the time they line up, you know, they've been working the cars, but maybe not at the speeds that they want. You know, mm-hmm. some of these guys' brakes are just like smoke factories at this point. Yeah. Yeah, like you better get those things moving, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that that played into it. You know, there you see the starting grid; they're all lined up, and everyone's brakes are just pouring out smoke. 
And, <laughs> yeah, and Hamilton's most of all. It so, is actually, you're right. I do remember that. Yeah. So the restart lights go out. Perez really aggressively yeah. cuts. He he was lined up. So the first corner is a left-hander. Perez was lined up on the far right side of the track, which would be the line you would want going in to the first turn. But he cuts hard left to try and block Hamilton. Block Hamilton, yeah. But Hamilton doesn't quite work. I agree, yeah. uh, Hamilton looks like he's going to get to the first turn. That's what it looks like. He does get to the turn first, (laughs) but he goes to break. (laughs) And yeah, he keeps. He goes to break, and there is nothing. His brakes are fried. Good, goodbye. And and he and he is just off. There was a bit. There is a bit of a runoff area. Um, Yeah, that. Yeah, at the end of that straight. At the end of that straight. So he's off into the runoff area. Meanwhile, Perez, (laughs) Perez is gone. Vettel, Gasly, everybody, and it's this really great two. There was just two laps left in the race, so it was really great two laps sprint essentially. Yeah. yeah, Lando. Leclerc. Yep. I mean, they Lando and Leclerc. Uh, at one and point, Gasly. Leclerc and Gasly were fighting for third. Yeah, third. And yeah, Gasly lost position, regained position. I in think the he same did. Lap. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just phenomenally was exciting. <laughs> yeah, awesome. and and the, the irony of the of Hamilton going off uh, because he fried his brakes. You know, he said. While they were waiting to get going, he yeah, said, "Remember, guys, was... <laughs> th- this is a this is a marathon and not a sprint." Just implying that, hey, I'm in second. We're going to get good points. My main competitor is out of the race. He's not getting any points, yeah. so we're actually in really good shape. And but I think the competitive th- part of him I took over and was so. like, "I want to win this freaking race." <laughs> I th- and I think probably he might have gotten triggered by you know, what Perez did and he, right. you know, you, these guys are just making these instantaneous decisions and he probably saw Perez ripping over and he's like, I actually started well, I can hold this line and get in front and block him, you know, and push yeah. him to the outside of that turn. So yeah. he can't cut me off. And so he probably just started, was like, screw it. I'm going for it. You yeah. Know? And, and you it, know, by it then it was just, it's too late. So, <laughs> so it made lot, it, it made so Red Bull's day because they went from brutal. thinking that they went from thinking Max lost all these yeah, points one, in the drivers finish. championship yeah. to yeah. to Perez, you know, their other driver winning the race. Uh Sebastian yeah. Vettel finishes second, getting Aston Martin its first podium since oh. its return to F one. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Pierre Gasly uh, for Alvatari in third. I mean, which I think was incredibly well deserved. He drove so well yeah. all weekend, um, yeah. getting a lot out of that car. Um, yeah, and, he did. He did a great job. Although and, somebody passed him at one point, and I remember on the radio, he was like, "How is that possible?" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Passed him. I, I think it was uh, it was yeah, uh, Perez. It was Perez okay. when he was back in because Perez started six, so he worked his way up quite a bit. Yeah. That's um, really impressive. Um, mm-hmm. And I was going to say, I still, I didn't follow up on this, um, but I wonder like what the hell happened to the other Red Bull car, Perez's car after it crossed the line. Like I just remember hearing shouting on the radio, like stop the car, stop the car. Yeah. 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 The they, so, so he said in the, after the post-race interview that they were, they very nearly retired the car before oh they God. finished. So basically, yeah. So the Perez crossed the line and, you know, typically they would do one kind of cool down lap yeah. where they're picking up, you know, grit off the track yeah. and stuff. 
and then they'd park and park for May where the one, two, three placards are. And yeah. he basically made it maybe <laughs> 300 yards past the finish line and just the car died. So I don't know if he had a power <laughs> unit failure or if there was something wrong that they were like, just if you keep driving it, you're going to damage it. So don't drive it. Uh, so yeah. he ends up. Bonkers, so, man. <laughs> yeah. So Vettel and Gasly get back and park in their respective yeah, second yeah. third spots and they're celebrating. Meanwhile, Perez gets picked up by the by the um, car yeah, like that carries the, the car or whatever. Yeah, the medical car. He gets picked up by the medical car and brought back to the pit lane. So then he, you know, and celebrate. it's funny because that poor guy has had a number. I think like a number of power plant failures. Yeah, and this was the first that, time that it happened after the finish line. Yeah, he was know? played with them at uh at Racing Point as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. I remember a couple. He was on fire at one point, one time. Yeah, power failure, and he was having another really good race that time too. Yeah, so. totally, totally. Anyways, it was just a super exciting race. You, you know, it, it had everything you want. You know, it had drama. <laughs> people that aren't normally on the podium getting podiums and yeah. wins, and and it was just really fun to see. And I like, I personally love those ro- those city circuits. Um, yeah, they just the. The just the images from it are so much more dramatic. Yeah. Than a big sprawling F one track, you know. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. There are reference points. You know, you yeah, you like, see the you know cafe that just flew by at two hundred miles an hour. Right, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it was just a, a wonderful race. Um, I'll tell you who um, likes or liked city courses, but is not liking them right now is Danny Ricardo. Oh I, yeah. I remember just hearing one of the post interviews with him afterward and he was just like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I actually really like these courses, but it's been a real struggle for me in this car to adapt to this adapt this car to these courses. So Right. Well, like I mentioned know, I to you, I, there there was talk that signs after Ricardo got to McLaren and signs had left for Ferrari, signs kind of said to Daniel, you know, that car's weird, isn't it? Implying that there's something about the car that it drives a little bit oddly, which doesn't bother Lando because that's all he's known in F1 is that car. He's helping. Yeah, it makes it work. Yeah, Yeah. it makes it work. But uh, yeah, Daniel, he did get points. He got ninth, but he kind of struggled all weekend. um, And uh, I think is still trying to get comfortable in that car. On the flip side. We had a little. Yeah, I was going to say on the flip side, I'm really happy to see Vettel. Getting some results, say, yeah. you know. Yeah, we we had a con- pretty long conversation about driver of the day, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he was very much deserving for kind of what what he accomplished, you know, in a new car. Mm-hmm. You know, the grid he worked up uh, and where he finished. It's kind of like the the Vettel of old days, a little bit. That was fun yeah. to see. Yeah, I um, think he he got the most out of that car, which is what you would expect from a former, you know, multiple time world you know, champion. World champion. I was a big fan of uh, Perez. Um, I I just thought like, you know, he he worked his way up, mm-hmm. um, and then the guy kept Lewis Hamilton behind him for like forty laps. Yeah, and he's it's a new car to him this year. And you can, you can, I, I don't know what the trajectory will be, but over the past few races, you've kind of seen his growth. Yeah. Um, he, he's gotten he, better with the car. You know, he's doing what Red Bull wants him to do. Like they had a yeah. one, two finish today. 
Right. And yeah, um, exactly. that's something that Gasly and Albon or you were, you had mentioned this, not. you know, they, yeah, they didn't have the same number. They had like less points than him at this point in, yeah. in the year. So I was really impressed with him. I think my vote would have gone to him just cause I was so impressed with like yeah. how he kept Lewis Hamilton. Cause, cause Hamilton would catch him on the straights, but then in the then technical in the, sector, yeah, he finally he yeah. pushed it back over a second. So yeah, Hamilton couldn't couldn't get his DRS, and he did that like forty times. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was it was really a super impressive drive. You know? I I think he would have been a deserving driver of the day, and he's kind of in that same camp as Carlos Sainz for me. Like, just drivers that are in, obviously incredibly good at adapting to a new car, yeah. a new setup. You know, and I think Sergio's really his stride with this car and and you're right he's he's they want sergio getting second places defending max mm-hmm. from lewis hamilton and and that's yeah. he was right where he needed to be yeah and, and then he took job. a chance you know when when max had his bad luck you know he was ready to pounce on it and he played that restart perfectly put the pressure yeah, on lewis yeah. and, and we know lewis as phenomenal as he is Sometimes when he actually has pressure put on them, when he's not out driving in front and yeah, free air, yeah. he makes he becomes immortal. <laughs> yeah, he be- yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's human being. <laughs> that's where he makes mistakes. So Sergio yeah. really pushed it and and was rewarded. So, um, anyways, it's a great race. Um, looking forward to the the Canadian G- uh, GP next yeah. weekend at uh, the Circuit Gilles Villeneuve, um, and so that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Pirelli figures out their tire situation, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I did want to touch on, so yesterday uh, we had, uh, the first Minnesota cars and coffee since October, 2019. It was canceled all last year, obviously because of COVID. And this is, it's billed as the biggest car show in America, which I don't know the, how true that claim is. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's pretty big. <laughs> it was huge. I mean, there were probably, I mean, there were definitely thousands of people there. Yeah. Um, it basically encompasses, they take over all the parking lots around a big yeah. uh, racetrack. Yeah, yeah, up in Minneapolis or outside Minneapolis. <clears throat> and uh, there was some pretty impressive machinery on display, um, but there really was. varied. So, so what was your favorite car of the show? You know, I, I'm a little bit particular just just for my cars of interest, and and that just kind of comes down to quirky stuff. You know, I was super happy to see a couple, you know, BMW 2002s. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's always there's always like you know shock and awe cars because there's yeah. just tons of those there. But so that was really fun to see some of the classics, some unusual classics as well there, aside from like. You know the twenty-four Audi A4s in a row as well. Right. There, there was a <laughs> huge contingent of Audi cars, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty. Cool. I was, I was really impressed with that. I think I mentioned that to you when we were pulling in. I was like, you know, because I, as a kid, my my parents had had driven BMWs for a while, and then my dad finally decided to make the plunge on an A6. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and after that, you know, it was like a family, we, we were stuck with Audi for a really long time, but it was also a time I, I vaguely remember, like they were putting out some like decent warranties on their cars, you know, to try mm-hmm. to build, you know, trust with consumers. And, right. uh, you just, you just weren't, you didn't see though. I just didn't think you saw those as like enthusiast cars, at least in America at the time. Right. And so it's been really interesting to see the brand 
evolve and and now you're you've got like all these young guys driving these things and modifying them and are really passionate about them so it's fascinating to see that now you know yeah, compared was, to like 20 years ago yeah it, it was surprising to me you know that, so the way they had it in the show lot they had a row for jdm or like japanese cars a row for european stuff so vw audi bmw yeah. mercedes uh, and then they had a row for like American muscle, typically muscle cars. Yeah. And then like a row for like exotic stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and I was impressed that, you know, I would, I would assume at most car shows that it was either going to be the Japanese or the American row that was the biggest. But actually, yeah. I, think, I think the European row was biggest. Com- uh, completely agree, man. Uh, especially, you know, Porsche in general, they had a, entire freaking row basically really strong yeah they had a really strong showing uh the The whole parking lot the 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 regional uh porsche club of america reps were out there um had a little setup so there was definitely a strong showing of porsche club of america members there and it was funny because uh, there were some amazing cars there um and imola motorsports which is one of the local performance shops that works on a lot of the high-end stuff up in the twin cities uh brought out some of their stuff like they had a, a lamborghini yeah. a, a ventador svj roadster a ferrari 488 pista ferrari, yeah. one of the new ford gts showed up yeah that uh, thing was impressive man i i hadn't yeah. seen that in the flesh i'd only seen that in pictures it looks and, wild um, man i i really thought like damn you know america we can build more than just truck yeah you know but we've got it man that's you know what you know what kills me though you have this amazing beautiful car that looks like a rocket ship and it's powered by an ecoboost v6 and i know yeah yeah. and i I know that that, yeah i know it makes a ton of power but it's still in the back of my mind i'm like yeah, six, really? that's like, what, we talk team. about that. Yeah, <laughs> we talk like about such that. a travesty. Why the, yeah, why the hell isn't that a, at least a V eight? You know, yeah, like, like screw all the regulations. Like, come yeah, on. you're it's making like you're making such yeah. limited numbers of these. <laughs> you like, know, it's not going to affect the fleet average. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have they could have taken like the Voodoo V eight from like the GT three fifty R. You yeah. know, scooped it up a little bit, and then oh my god, what a car! You know, but yeah, but but that thing was stunning, man. I, I it was, was really awesome. Yeah, I've never seen lo- it in person, so it was a classic spec too. The guy specked it in Le Mans mm-hmm. blue with did, the white, yeah. like the Ford Heritage racing right. stripe. Um, sweet, yeah. But the funny thing to me was a reminder. We got a reminder that there's always a bigger fish. So, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah, it comes yeah. to when it comes to cars, you know, there's some people they always try having the newest and the greatest, but yeah. you really should just buy what game, you man. want because there's always game, someone man. richer than you <laughs> that'll come along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Ford yeah, GT yeah. guy is is bathing in all the attention because because everyone's like, oh, my God, a Ford GT. That's amazing, which it was. But it then. Was then oh yeah I, I think i spotted this coming in the entrance i was like yeah what the shit is that oh that's yeah a bugatti. <laughs> a bugatti Chiron shows up in like blue carbon finish with like yeah. french flag the french flag livery on, on it <laughs> and is getting like I, it's funny because yeah, you could like, see wow. 
all the people that were lined up kind of going up and down the rows of the different cars, everyone turns and I'm talking thousands of people. Everyone turns, watches the the mob migrated. And it's like, it's what I imagine, you know, when you watch like old video of when the Beatles were at Chase stadium back in the day (laughs) and they would just get mobbed. Everyone (laughs) just comes running towards the Sharon to to get pictures, to take video. Yeah. Right. I, I yeah, couldn't even get a picture right of it because it, it was yeah. surrounded by people the entire yeah. time it was there. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool. Like the the brake lights from the back were like really intriguing, yeah. kind of Blade Runner. Yeah, weird they're like digital little, look to them. They're like yeah. little individual like yeah, uh, it was cool icicles. It looks like uh, yeah. yeah, phenomenal, phenomenally cool car. But it just made me laugh because I because I I turned to you and I said, you know, we. I we're aware that there's somebody up in the Twin Cities that owns a Koenigsegg Regera, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, yeah. Bugatti guy that now guy, yeah. has Bugatti has got <laughs> he won up the Ford GT guy, but if Regera <laughs> guy shows up, then Bugatti <laughs> guy has gotten one up, you know. Yeah, so no one's around hanging around him anymore. Yeah, so there's it, it just reminded me like, hey, buy what you love, buy what makes you happy, yeah. because otherwise, if you try and always have the latest and greatest. There's, yeah. you know, there's, there's people the out thing, there that you know, are going to have something that, else. Yeah. And that's the thing that's great about this whole, you know, automotive enthusiasm. I mean, there was the gamut up there. I mean, you had yeah. what I think you and I would consider very, you know, modifications done in very poor taste on a number oh, of cars. Yeah. But those people there was one R32 <laughs> Skyline that was absolutely butchered, in my what opinion. What did they do to that? Yeah. But you know what? Like, that guy's super enthusiastic about his car. He's got buddies that are enthusiastic. And so, like, right. that's your thing. And, you know, Bugatti guy could be worth an unbelievable amount of money. And he's just like, I'll just, you know, buy that, like, whatever. But yeah. this dude has kind of poured his heart and soul and maybe more of his checking account than he should have. Right. And yeah, not my style, but like that guy's passionate about what he's doing. Yeah. And <clears throat> and loves his car. And and like we've all as as car nuts, we've we've all been there. And we're all currently <laughs> there. You're that way about your Titan. I'm that yeah. way about my nine eleven. Yeah. So it it's just you take you know, you take pride in it. And and yeah. that goes the same. The Bugatti guy probably feels a similar pride in his yeah. car yeah. as the 17 year old with the modified Audi A4 yeah. takes in his car. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And I think that's why you get the turnouts you do and why it's kind of spans generations. So, yeah, it was you had fun everybody to see from that. like 65 year old dudes rolling around in like modified in Corvette ZR1s to, <laughs> you know, yeah. kids in WRXs, you know, 16 year old kids yeah. in WRXs. So, it was yeah, just, yeah. it was a wonderful show. Um, I it was, was cool. expecting a big turnout since it had been so long. And, you know, uh, and even when we left yeah. and this was, you know, 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. By then we'd been there for a few hours. I mean, they were still rolling in. People were still so. pouring in. Yeah. I, I had heard that for this, you wanted to get there early so you could get yeah, a new right. spot. And, and, uh, so we got there really early. We got there right when it opened basically. And stayed for a couple yeah. hours, and and yeah, when we left, it was still just a long line of cars waiting to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. definitely, definitely worth attending. It was super fun. Um, it's they do it every Saturday in the summer, every the first Saturday of every month in the summer. So the next one's July third. I think I'll I'm tempted to go back up there. So yeah, I think it'd yeah. be fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, anything else you want to talk about this week, bud? No, I don't think so. I think we covered it. All right, great well, race. 
great, great, great best race of the year for me. And uh, hopefully awesome. the Canadian GP can bring something interesting too. So uh, yeah. we'll be back next week, probably talking about that race. And uh, until next time, thank you all so much for listening.